terrible. Us non-allergy people, huh? Okay. All right. I see how yep. you are. You're non-allergy people. You're lucky. I envy you. I wish. You look down I wish on I us, it sounds like. I wish, wish, I, wish I could be that guy. All right. Chris Miles of NBA TV joins us. Uh, are you an allergy guy? Do you get, how have your allergies been? <laughs> <laughs> I thought this was bet MGM tonight, not curb your enthusiasm. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> hey, listen, man. man. This is real life stuff. It's betting through the foggy haze of allergies in your head when you're trying to sit there and, and you know, take the Lakers plus seven and a half, right? <laughs> no, I just think that's the pain of you making bad bets. That's what's happening. Yeah, you're like, I'm be. so sick of making all these terrible bets. Now I feel sick. I mean, it's permeating throughout me. I mean, the NBA has been so frustrating, though, in these playoffs where one game the Lakers playoffs are blown tough. out by 27 and then at the same time, you have the, the the Warriors get come back and get blown out. I mean, what do you make of just what we've seen in the second round as a whole so far? Well, if you're a better, it's the worst thing that's ever happened. But if you're a fan, it's the best thing that ever happened. I yep. mean, I've been, you know, how it is. I go on all these shows just like yours. People say, oh, who's going to win? And I pick the Bucks to win it all. And they lose in the first <laughs> round. <laughs> like, And I don't feel like I've made a bad decision. Like everything, all the numbers, watching all year, uh, you know, four nights a week, every single game, that's what I deduced. In Miami, I'm like, who is that team? They lost to the Hawks two weeks before that in the play. And like, what? The Miami Heat are now the team just running through the postseason because Jimmy Butler decides to score like, you know, the second most amount of points through this many games in a postseason ever. And Devin Booker has scored the most amount of points through nine games in the postseason. So we're seeing like historic numbers, but the crazy part is we're seeing great defense and guys doing amazing things. And you kind of wonder, okay, who's the next great performer on any given night? And I think prop bets are really where it's at. I mean, if you've been hitting the overs on Nikola Jokic, you probably could buy a house by now, right? <laughs> what about futures bets? Because I was just checking out Bet MGM, and according to them, the most likely team to win the championship is either the Lakers or the Nuggets. So if you got your free million dollars, Chris, which one of those teams are you throwing it down on? Well, now that they have the best odds, they are absolutely cursed, right? Because <laughs> we know all the <laughs> favorites sure. keep going down. So I'm like, all right, hmm, what's the long shot that I can believe in the most here? Well, why 14 to 1? Why not go Miami Heat? Right? Like 14 to 1, that seems like the best value because they're ahead of the Knicks. They're going to move on to the next round, right? And do you think that the Philadelphia 76ers or the Boston Celtics are that daunting when this is a team that's already beat the Bucks? I don't know. Um, I, I kind of feel like they might also have more days rest if they wrap up against the Knicks. So looking at the odds that are in front of me, I'd go Miami, even though I don't look at them as a team that I think is going to win a championship. But the way these playoffs have played out, I'm just going with the long shot outside of my Knicks. I think they're done. But Miami yeah. Heat is where I would go looking at the the odds there. Yeah, it, get, it gets – when I watch – certain teams you can tell when the coaching is at top-notch level experienced they understand how to game plan make adjustments and then there's some coaches that look like they're just not ready like there's a huge difference if you've got boston and you've got miami in the eastern conference finals and again boston's got to win two games to even get there at this point joe missoula versus eric spolstra I think that's going to be a bloodbath man missoula's young and inexperienced i think he's got a chance to be a really good coach but Eric Spolstra is going to just completely pick apart Boston. 
Not only do I 1,000% agree with you, I think the Philadelphia 76ers are moving on because of that. I think really the Mm -hmm. difference in that series has been the experience of James Harden, who's like been so close so many times. And even though Joel Embiid is relatively young, remember he's been bounced from the playoffs twice by the Celtics, lost to the Raptors. Like he's had some real heartbreak. Their sense of urgency in the post-game pressers after the game was like, now or never, now or never. And even down three to two to Celtics, like, ah, oh, there's always tomorrow. You know, like that seemed to be the difference in attitude. So I really do think the Philadelphia 76ers have the right mindset, coaching, and sense of urgency that seems to be lacking from the coaching staff, uh, staff with Boston. See, I remember coming into this season, I thought it'd be considered a success for the 76ers if they just finally got over that hump and made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. And now that they're one game away, I'm with you. Like, I don't think that we should be surprised. It's not like the process, quote-unquote, just happened last year, the year before, the year before that. This thing's been going for a while. So, in hindsight, from a betting perspective, it's kind of like, damn it, we should have seen the Philadelphia 76ers as a real contender. Well, and I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop with Joel Embiid and in that in that Brooklyn Nets series. When he goes down, it's like, oh, he's going to miss the fourth game. They're not going to sweep now. Here we go. Here goes postseason injuries, Joel Embiid. Well, they swept. They had more than a week off. Then they won that first game of this series without him, and Harden had the 45. I think that was colossal for this team and their hopes of trying to win a championship and feeling more like a team of destiny when you watch Tyrese Maxey leveling up and Tobias Harris just constantly doing his thing, right? It's like, oh, this team, these guys, Maxey, Harris, Embiid, they've been together a while, and they had last year with James Harden, who seems to be at that point in his career, he's like, I've done everything else. I just want to win. Like, all of those things seem to be there, and I hate saying all of these positive things about the Philadelphia 76ers. It just rubs me the wrong way. <laughs> I know. It's still, it's like the Warriors you can't count out because of Steve Kerr, I feel like, and that team's experience. And then it's the opposite with the Sixers because you just go, we've seen this time and time again. But a unique, more of a unique situation that we have right now is what the Suns are trying to do against the Nuggets. And it's basically win with Devin Booker and Kevin Durant and anybody else that wants to jump in for the next few minutes. And we're seeing now a tweaked ankle for Devin Booker. They're playing a ton of minutes. Durant looks frustrated. They're tired. They're fatigued. And you have no Chris Paul. I can't imagine that this is sustainable. I think they lose in six games. I don't think they're winning another game, even though Booker and Durant have really, like, given the circumstances, have actually put up, you know, a pretty good fight. They're just way too... They lack depth, and they just don't look like a team that's got nearly enough to punch back with the Nuggets. Where are you on what Phoenix looks like to this point, and can they even make this a seven-game series? Well, I I think they can make it a seven-game series, right? And to your point, uh, both Devin Booker and Kevin Durant were held to under 30 uh, in the last, you know, it's happened three times in the postseason. Suns are 0-3 in those games. So Mm -hmm. we understand that they need them to be historically good. And when I say historically good, this is the first time in NBA history, nine games into the postseason since 1968, when Elgin Baylor and Jerry West both averaged 30, right? This is, that's the last time this happened because 
teams are not put together in this way for the postseason, right? If you got two guys that you're relying on scoring-wise to win, it just doesn't work out. You need to kind of spread the wealth, especially when you get to the playoffs. And if you have that one guy, even that is more difficult. Uh, you know, before Michael Jordan won his rings, it was like, can a guy who leads the league in scoring ever win a championship, right? Well, we're kind of seeing that. Devin Booker is killing teams, and the Suns are not, like, running away with this. They're facing elimination. I think that to give up your defensive identity, to go get more scoring when you have an elite scorer like Devin Booker, I, 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 I'm I, with you. I, I see the Denver Nuggets as being a team that, okay, we got Nikola Jokic, we had Jamal Murray, now let's go get guys that just want to play defense and be scrappy, KCP, uh, Bruce Brown, et cetera, et cetera. I think their team is put together, battle-tested, and more ready to advance. Chris, Nick and I were talking about this earlier. At what point do we start talking about Kevin Durant? Obviously not being the reason why his team struggle in the playoffs, but you can go back to Oklahoma City, and he's only able to get him so far. You can look at Brooklyn, only able to get him so far. Look at what he's done so far, and obviously the series is still there. I don't tend to give him a whole lot of credit for Golden State. We're talking about a team that was already setting records and winning championships. So, yeah, it was, it was nice to put him on that team, and it was easier for them to win a championship, but we've seen them win a championship after Kevin Durant. So I literally don't give him any credit for that how much do we start saying okay katie they got you for this baller go out there and do it man um <laughs> i think with kevin durant he's as good as our eyes tell us he is he is he's just he, he's an incredible shot maker he plays defense he's in the right situations i think the difference between kevin durant and let's say a lebron james or like you know a guy that you know like he's gonna get his team to the finals or he's gonna is like Kevin Durant doesn't do everything all the time, right? Like he makes big defensive plays, but he's not known as a guy that's like going to square up and defend his guy over and over again. Yeah, he can pass, but he's really not setting his teammates up to score. He's an elite scorer, and we've seen guys like that in the past. So I think it's just understanding like he's a generational scorer who is elite at other things, but like there's that – what you're saying, you, you can't really put your your finger on it, but you know the right. difference between a guy who just gets it done every single time. And, you know, he went to Brooklyn to prove that and absolutely did not. Um, and if you put him on a great team, he's going to get his numbers. He's going to be magnificent. But we all understand what that, like, tier one leader leading you to a championship is. Like, the, the proof is in the pudding. I'm not saying that, oh, Kevin Durant can't do that, but he hasn't done it. He just hasn't. So that, I think, will be his legacy. Yeah. I mean, th this was the one thing I felt like, talking to Chris Miles, NBA TV, this, this this time in Phoenix, and look, it's not done, and this team wasn't necessarily even looked at as a – it's it's tough it's road done. with the roster they've got. It's done, They've got to build – no, I, again, done, I don't think they're done. winning. This year, but I, that team can retool in the offseason, add some depth, and they can turn this thing around. But that's really what it's going to – and it's going to take a lot of work because you have a ton of teams out there in the West that are only getting better, including now the Lakers. I mean, the Lakers have the Warriors on the brink of elimination here. And they're just – Chris, they're they're locking up Steph Curry. Like, I know he had a 31-point triple-double, but he's 12 of 30 overall and 3 of 14 from 3. They're sending Anthony Davis out to defend him. They're making his life miserable. Who besides Steph Curry is – the guy that needs to step up the biggest for them to keep this series alive. Is it a clay game? Well, I I, I can say outside of uh, GP2, everyone else not named Steph Curry 
has been uh, a bit of a disappointment in this series. And I think I give more credit to Darvin Ham than anything else. Um, I still remember when we interviewed him during Summer League, right? And it's a live game, so it's not like, oh, we're going to ask him questions and he can, you know, have a soliloquy and dance around it. No, we're, we're broadcasting a game. He's sitting there with us. And the Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, like weird conversations in the summer were happening and who's getting traded. Mm-hmm. And it was just all of this, like, mess around the team, right? And so we, we kind of started asking him, like, hey, Russell Westbrook, oh, I believe in Russ. Uh, he's going to accept the role coming off the bench. He hadn't accepted that role the season before. You know, he, he really made his imprint with that. Then, okay, LeBron James, well, you know, LeBron's going to be LeBron, but at this stage it's about Anthony Davis. It's like Darvin Ham understands what buttons to push, how to put a battery in a guy's back, whether it's Austin Reeves, you know, um, Lonnie Walker, fourth quarter, like Rui Hachimura, like whoever yeah. it is, <laughs> he knows how to, okay, this is, and everyone uses the chestnut checkers thing. He knows how to use the Rooks, the Knights, the Bishop, any other piece. He doesn't need the the Queen to checkmate you. You know what I mean? Like he can use all of the other pieces. He might even push a pawn up and get you stuck in a corner. So we're really talking <laughs> check. Darvin Ham has got it going on, all right? And that's really the truth of the matter where I'm not really blaming the Warriors. I think it's like shell shock, like, oh, this is the kind of guy we're dealing with. And, you know, I've been thoroughly impressed in the few times that I've talked to him and really watching him coach this year. It's like, this is his first season as a head coach. You other teams messed up, not giving him an opportunity before. Clearly a subtle flex by Chris Miles to show his knowledge of chess. That's why he did that, and we all applaud him for it. Well done. <laughs> Chris Miles, NBA TV. Yeah, the Lakers too, man. They got a roster that actually is a roster with pieces that work together. It's funny how that goes when you got the right coach and the right pieces together. 